Welcome to our first ever episode of RPGX Radio Crossing. R R RPG Crossing Radio. Well, well, instantly my half attempt at cleverness bit me in the butt. So there we go. This is how we start our podcast regularly. Uh, that was completely according to plan. I, as usual, am your host, Simmy. With me, as always, is other Simmy, as we recall from other episodes of this podcast that we've never recorded before. I think we've done this bit before. Yeah, no, it's all recycled, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, um, pretty sure we've we've done the both pretending that it's the first episode and yep. the same name. Like yep. I think we've done this exact bit before. <laughs> Welcome to our centenary episode. One hundred years of role-playing game crossing radio plus extravaganza. <laughs> Welcome to our first ever centennial anniversary, the anniversary we celebrate every 100 years. 100 years. That's correct. Not 100 episodes, 100 years. It doesn't matter how long the episodes, the podcast has been going. This is the date we will celebrate it on 100 yeah, years from now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. What? It's the first annual hey. 100 year celebration. Hey, did you notice something? Craig? I noticed nothing. Craig? Did he go away? Yeah. Like, oh, we pay Craig for this, and what? what is this? Ah, oh, Craig! Gosh, dang it, Craig. Craig. If, if I persistently fail to join, it may be an issue with the voice server. No, it's an issue with your server! Oh, See? You, now you're recording? <laughs> Wait, did you hear that? Ing? <laughs> now oh, record, God. Ing. Yeah, all right. He's, yeah, he's definitely... And, okay, content. you know what? Craig is drunk, and we don't I need that. We don't need his kind of nonsense on the job here. So, he just spammed us with four failed to join messages, then joined, then promptly, booted himself out. That's it. You know what? I think he's giving us a sign that he's quit. I think I think there are issues that he is not dealing with today. Yeah, no. I'm, but the responsible thing to do would be to communicate that with us clearly, which is maybe something that we could pick up as a lesson just in general for this uh, yeah. for this podcast. You know, we we might want to to think about weaving that into the podcast once in a while. Yeah, yeah. That that clear and consistent communication. Oh, now you're now you're back in, dude. Oh, now take I didn't the even day off. Ask him to join. Take the day off. Uh, what's funny is they can't hear him record no, joining and leaving. So just and they going, just oh, what are you wait, doing? What are you doing, Greg? The, now he's not. Now his name doesn't even say recording. Just what is going on? Listening to us. Wow. Oh, oh. I'm sure this is. Just thrilling for our, our readers I, too, I, isn't it? I am sure this is exactly what they expect from us. He's talking now. What are you saying, Craig? What are you saying to us, Craig? Your voice levels are off, Craig. Yeah, I can't hear a thing. I can't write this. Oh wait, that was the last one. Sorry. Yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta still think of something clever for the <laughs> for a title for this yeah. month's. All right, King Monkety. <laughs> <laughs> King Monkety's clever ideas, Tial. Oh my gosh. Where, where does the apostrophe go in that? Oh, it's if it's fantasy RPG, every everywhere. Second <laughs> word, every second, yeah, character is a. Is an apostrophe. It's always definitely between. Multiple consonants and multiple vowels. Yeah, and the transition from consonant to vowel and vowel to consonant. Do you ever watch um, um actually on uh, College Humor's uh, YouTube show? I do. They just don't tend to hit me very well. Because uh, they have one segment called Spelling Bee, which is basically challenging people to spell uh, names from fantasy or sci-fi. And oh, that's unfortunate. Some of like spell Quizzet's Haderach or oh, yeah, spell no. spell Razel Ghoul. Or, you know, any number of these things. Yeah. And it's like... Uh, Spell John. <laughs> okay. Apostrophe J-Z hyphen... Oh, my gosh. I mean, you say that, but, I mean, if you look know, at DC Comics, I John Jones, I said a joke, right? and then I was like, oh, my God, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, J apostrophe capital O-N-N. That's John Jones from uh, Justice League, Martian Manhunter. You getting that, Craig? You like that? Is this what you came for? He, I don't understand what's going on. Is he eating right poutine in there? Because it looks like a, just a big sloppy mess all over his face. I hope he didn't barf on the recording equipment. Oh, I'm in the wrong channel again. 
Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yep. Just like everyone listening <laughs> to this podcast, I'm in the wrong place. What the What is this that I'm even listening to? I don't even... All right. Oh, this is neat. The The website has a podcast. Oh, this is not neat. This is our oh, 22 no. minutes of uh, opening <laughs> intro episode. Yeah, apparently, because we're at <laughs> seven now. Mm, I'm just saying, if we put our effort into it, we, just, we can we can hit that 22 minutes. If month. we hadn't come up with an idea, I was going to suggest we just do a month of our 22 minute oh, whatever ideas. I would fully be on <laughs> board with that. With I would absolutely love that, but I know that virtually nobody else would be interested. That would be for me and you and zero other people whatsoever. Craig, well, yeah, it's, it's in the holiday spirit. We're recording during the holidays. It's for us. It's our yeah. gift to us. Yeah. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Do-do-do-do. This is also the episode that I told people yeah. if, if they reviewed, I would choose <laughs> a reviewer to get a free yeah. year of community supporter from me and so you have re- their... You really made it a challenge for them to put a five-star review, didn't you? And 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 that I would read their review out if they so desired. Oh, nice. And read it all as fancy of right like. now when we are recording, deep in the past, obviously. Well in the past. Ages ago in the annals of history. If you're reading this podcast, I I want to give you props because we yeah, don't put it? out a, a we don't put out a written version. I assume it's some kind of talk to text. Oh my god! Can you imagine what kind of nonsense we must spew out in talk to text? Like it's oh. barely intelligible spoken to people who can fully hear what we're saying. But like, if this came out as text, oh my god! As someone who participated in it, when I go to record, sometimes I'm like, "What the heck are we talking about?" <laughs> Got to be in a very specific headspace. To follow what we're doing here. <laughs> Brain damage, I think, is the technical term. <laughs> not sp- well, I wasn't trying to insult yeah. either of us. I mean, I have no problem insulting our listeners or Listen, readers. Whatever. You said whatever that, medium you're You said that plural, but you said that plural, but I find that hard to believe. Well, I know we have at least four. Woo! Maybe five now. I think my dad's listening. I don't know how far he is and things. He was listening for a bit. Yeah. Hi Dad. <laughs> I assume it's the same person as my dad, because you and I are the same person. Well, today, anyway. Yeah. You know what we need is something to anchor uh, this podcast to get it started that our readers are familiar with. Um, Like, if we had a recurring bit that we do right near the beginning. Yeah, Craig, you're not helping. You're not helping. (laughs) Oh, oh, he did something else now. Yeah, he hasn't heard anything for five minutes. (laughs) Oh, Dude, you are not listening. No, no, no. That's on you. You are the worst, Craig. Oh you want God. you want more of this? Nobody wants more of this. Nobody deserves this. It's because you didn't change your name to recording earlier like you're supposed to. If it's just a break, disregard this message. No, it's not just a break. You're just a failure. Yeah, no kidding. Sorry, sure. I was channeling my mother there for a second. I'm just going to tell Craig to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and now <laughs> I tell Craig to leave oh because... God. But I'm not recording that channel. Yeah, no, we've noticed that. We are aware. That's the <laughs> That's whole why situation. I told you to leave. You weren't listening. We don't need you here if you're not going to do your job. <sighs> Go home. Deal with your issues. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, it's a verb is paying us literal <laughs> dozens of dollars a month for his his, his segment, his weekly segment, literal <laughs> dozens. And and he, we have a very appropriate, as always, verb this week. Yes. How serendipitous. <laughs> oh, because I'm pretty sure this is going to be a very easy one to come up with a sentence for. Because mm. your verb of the week yeah. that is developed randomly each week and sponsored by It's a Verb. And yes, I said developed, not regenerated. We okay. have teams of scientists developing these verbs each week. Oh, yeah. We have a whole like a squad of verb techs. Uh, oh yeah, uh, on the call at a moment's notice. To, oh yeah, I, I I tell them I say, hey, recordings today. I'm I'm gonna need my random verbs, and I'm gonna need them when I call. No delays. I, I don't want any more excuses. Develop me a new verb. Yeah, if there's one thing you and I are known for, it's getting right to the point, huh? Oh, no delays. So what's our verb at all? What's our verb? <laughs> our verb this week is execute. 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 
Craig failed to execute the application that we paid him for in exposure, leading to his termination. Wait, come on. His, it, the word's right there. I'm just leading saying. Leading to his right? execution. Craig? Craig? I'm just, it's a warning. Okay. No, you're, he's not getting fired. No, no. If he fails anymore, he, he's not fired. He's executed. I keep forgetting that labor laws are very different in America. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm not... I won't literally kill him. I will just work him until he dies. Yeah. That sounds like American <laughs> da, da, internship. Da, 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 da. Politics. That Sorry. sounds like American internship to me, for sure. Oh, man. Let's not talk about Yeah, American let's not. Let's not. Let's, let's talk about the reason we are here, the idea, the first ever idea that King Monkey mm. has had. Whew. Highly I suspect. Know. Highly suspect. Highly suspect. I've spent months trying to put this into a format that's actually usable. Craig said it was a good idea. Oh, yeah. And we see how worthy Craig is, don't we? <laughs> Not exactly he's a in, ringing endorsement. He's in the recording room, ignoring us and telling us he can't hear us. I can't hear you. I'm eating poutine. I can't hear you. Oh, no. Poutine is people! Oh, or something. Poutine. I don't know. Silent poutine? Hmm. But no, why don't you tell us the idea that you had? Because right. you put it so eloquently. Or something, I don't know. How come to character? Yep, that's right, people. King Monkey is now a famous TikTok trend. Uh, oh, yeah, I could be, couldn't I? Um, okay, Talking so... like that, yeah. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> kidding. It's been the new thing lately. All he needed to do was forget how to speak English entirely. I need to reduce everything to two words, statements, mm -hmm. and add inflection at the end to be question, excitement, or statement. Boom. So, yeah, the idea that I had was sort of, a, I guess, an offshoot of our world-building episodes, except it was how what how to make characters. What are your considerations when making characters? What are the mechanical and narrative considerations? What tools can you use? Uh, what difficulties can you run into in creating a character? How can you tie your characters in with other players? Uh, sort of the whole gamut. Basically, world-building, but for your specific little corner of it. Excellent. So we were, we're going to hit this basically similar to how we hit did world-building, just in a smaller scope. Mm -hmm. Just like we might eventually go back and instead of talking about world-building, we might say, okay, build an adventure in this particular city. Here's How do you do that when you have more limited variables and you have to work in this, within the system? Yeah, the system, man. You gotta work inside the system. Yeah. So, so we're gonna start with the big, grand answers to questions: the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. King Monkey, why don't you give that to us? You're gonna want a character because that's how you play. Done. Cool. No, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, he, Sue. Oh. He he's off his meds. It's it's forty two. Now, with I, that out of the way, I'm on we meds. can get into how and why you might I take make a meds. character. I took meds. I, no, I, I edited that episode, and you didn't take your meds, man. Oh, okay. That <laughs> explains the tale. Um, so, yeah, when you have an idea, like, okay, much like world building, um, you're going to have inspiration from basically everywhere. The only difference between world building and character building, in the general sense, world building, you're starting from the top up. And when you're character building, you're starting specifically in a pre-existing world. So you do automatically have some level of constraints. But within those constraints, you've got nearly infinite choices. If you're playing, you know, your standard Shadowrun kind of game, you automatically know that you're dealing with uh, your fantasies and your sci-fis and hacking the cybers and guns and spells and Wendigos, probably. So where do you start? What do you do? What uh, Now, Simi and I, like we've discussed before, kind of come at it from, often come at it from other sides. Whereas I tend to think about the, the story that I want to tell. And you often think about the mechanics that you want to uh, employ. And both of those are equally valid, depending who you talk to. And you're going to eventually need to put those two things together to create a whole character anyway. Unless you're just playing 4th edition D&D. Boom. There it is. Oh, <laughs> the superior version of D&D, but still much more mechanically driven. And I would say you probably don't even need to put as much thought into the mechanics of it because everyone has the same mechanics. Yeah, it's all there for you. 
And I say it der- I say it derisively, but I mean, if you just want to play a, a, a mostly tactical tabletop game, that's fine. It's all cool. Oh yeah, there's plenty of me- mostly tactical games out there. Yeah. Just find the one that fits your flavor. Yeah. So let's uh, let's stop and think about, for example, a game that we have played relatively recently. Um, what kind of characters have you come up with? Or what character? What? Oh my god. So hard to talk sometimes. <laughs> Thinking on a recent game that you have joined as a player, what character did you create, and what kind of process did you go through to create them? Well, the only game I've joined recently as a player, player. is the, the ZZ Top game. And I didn't know... I really had no clue what kind of character I wanted to play. It was it was low level, so it was throwing me off already because I'm like, I don't know if I even want to play at this low level mm-hmm. because, you know, in some of the high crunch games, they have this element of earn your fun where you suck until a certain point when you start feeling like a character. Yeah, not to mention if you play a lot of games that start at level one, this is all common ground. You're treading over the beginning again, and sometimes you want to have an option to already be... Uh, the hero that you envision at the beginning, right? Oh, of course. Or at least have some of the abilities mm-hmm. visible. Yeah. Like, not just I'm developing it and eventually it's going to show itself. I want to, if I want to be a magical liar, which is what I end up going with, okay. I, I want to be able to do some of that now. I don't want to wait two more levels that I'm probably never going to see to do it. Yeah. So I, I, I ended up stumbling upon this idea for a character similar to what I'd already made for another game. I, I think I actually made him initially for a Gestalt game where okay. we have two classes advancing simultaneously. Yeah. And he was stupid good at just knowing things and lying to people. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, slice off bits of him that didn't apply anymore. And it was finding finding that, that character that worked there. I'm like, okay, I'm part of a team, so I can't just be a liar. Right. And so I have to look mechanically, what can this guy also do or what else can I highlight of his to make him viable? And so I, I look between the character as I'm building him and the overall game mechanics Okay. and like the... kind of looking through options that I have. Like, what can I tack on? What can I add? What can I do here? And I found, and, and this is where the character came together for me. I knew kind of what I wanted, but I found a feat that allowed me to use my... Uh, my bonus to lying okay. for defense. I basically always, okay. as long as this character is not taking offensive action, just standing defensively, mm-hmm. if someone would hit them, they can basically lie about where they were standing. And if their lie is enough to overcome the, the attack that was coming at them, then the attack misses. And they can do that as often as they want, hmm. and it works until someone actually manages to hit them. So it's not foolproof. Okay. But for a span of time, they can basically deceive reality. Yeah. Well, and I think they play it more they play it more as kind of like you're you're moving deceptively, maybe flinging a cloak out here. But Uh, you're using your lie skill as opposing their attack skill. Yeah, I understand. Sort of like using a cape to make yourself appear bigger and then scoot your butt to the left when he stabs to the right, that kind of deal. Yeah. It's called misdirection tactics, so that's why I kinda think it's that way. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So then suddenly, making a character that's based off of their ability to lie becomes viable because now his combat role is is sure. Mm-hmm. He gets up there, he he stands between everyone else and the enemy, and basically just taunts them and lies to them and, and maneuvers around them, making them attack him with his excellent ability to lie about everything while they pepper whatever enemies down. So now I have a combat role... And a social role. Yeah. And at that point, it was just, okay, I want him to be able to blend in very easily. I found a race that had some built-in shape changing. I took some feats that made that part even better. So, And then I selected gear that was all around this idea of him being basically a tactically oriented liar. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I I really like the character. And and one thing I, I will definitely say is your character isn't ever fully known to you until you start playing them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I, I feel like almost if you start to play a character and nothing about the character surprises you, 
you either are playing a trope that you've played too often and you, you should branch out and try new things mm-hmm. or you're not stretching your, your creative muscles at all. And if that's not, if that's what you want to do, I don't know that role-playing games are at least not play by post versions of them are the best place for you because mm-hmm. it is a place where pushing yourself at least creatively yeah. is the major benefit. The greater the greater creative investment, the the more you're going to get out of it. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not downplaying anybody else's experience. If you're yeah. having if you're enjoying your experience, the way you're doing it, totally fine. But I do want you to be aware that if you find yourself kind of feeling bored with the way things are going, you might look at how your character is playing out. Are they playing out exactly like you envisioned? That could be the issue because I've never had a character I enjoy go the way I thought. Like this character, yeah. I kind of envisioned them just as a, a prankster impersonator. Right. But the more I've gotten into it, the more I found this 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 vein of deep rooted passion for protecting people who are being forced to act different ways. So like one of his quote unquote common personas is just he hangs out in pleasure houses, we'll say. Yep. And he doesn't do anything. He vets new people. He makes sure that they're happy and he gives them a, a person to talk to should they ever desire to get out of that life because he doesn't think anyone should ever have to be in that life if they don't want to be. Be honest to yourself about your deception. Right. Oh, yeah. And and so, like, he he they're, they're just now engaging with a, a, a man who is – Basically saying, oh, someone took my daughter and it's obviously these three people. We should kill them now. I don't care. Everyone go get your lynch stuff. We're, we're stringing them up. Hmm. And like he sees he, he wants to walk away because he's got a different job. That's not what they're there for. But these people in chains and this man crowing about, well, obviously these are the ones who did it. Like it triggered something in him. So despite the fact that me as the player doesn't want him to do this, the character was like, I'm going this direction. And I think that's the sign that you've found the trueness of your character when the character tells you what they should do next. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, actually, the more you describe that character, the more it reminded me. Uh, I took a novel writing course once, and um, they had a challenge to come up with the opening line to a novel. And the one of the opening lines that I came up with was a character saying, I'm going to tell you the story of my life. Everything I tell you will be true, even the lies, especially the lies. I've read that line before. What yeah. is that? I don't know. It was something that I came up with, but clearly not the only one to have ever come up with it. That's going to bother me, but I'm not going right. to look it up. I don't care. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about a, a recent example that you've had, now that I've droned on for a while. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't joined too many as players, and I know I've talked about my um, my sci-fi druid a number of times, but I'm actually thinking about a um, another character that I came up with specifically the uh, proposed game was based on music uh like basically everyone was encouraged to come up with an album that your that is sort of informs the creation of your character or the feel of your character mm-hmm. um a lot of it was sort of prog rock or uh fantasy oriented classic rock to that and i chose the uh debut album for the band wolfmother so i i was listening to the album and just trying to come up with an idea for a character, and I knew somehow that was going to be the album that would inspire it. And I took some of it fairly literally. So the uh, idea that I eventually ended up settling on was uh, uh, an elven barbarian monk. Mm -hmm. So what we have are these elves who live on the land and kind of eschew the more formal uh, civilization of their people, preferring to remain closer to the nature that they're supposed to be the the wardens of you know so that sort of accounts for the the barbarian side of things you know mm-hmm. this is a choice that they've made they uh, as evolved people they chose to step away from what they found to be the limitations of civilization and along the way they develop uh, sort of totemic powers and uh, also martial arts based on watching animals kind of like traditional shaolin sort of uh mythos right so she was you know, she had gone off to uh, wander the land and uh, study at the monasteries to learn basically eagle-style martial arts and had the totem of the eagle. So 
I had the musical inspiration, which kind of became the character inspiration. And then that led to the mechanics uh, being pretty, you know, obvious in 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, where, you know, you have the eagle totem for the barbarians and you have the eagle style martial arts. So it all kind of uh, worked together pretty easily. Um, basically, part of their job was to, as a, as a woman in the tribe, was to provide children, right? Um, but she what didn't she wasn't interested. She just wanted she had wanderlust. She wanted to see the world, and she felt that she could not give the tribe what they needed. So she reasoned that that meant that she had to leave if she's not performing the one key role of women in that society then she's like i they can use someone else and i can go do something that's productive that will be received well by other people and i will protect nature on my own terms nice yeah it was like the mechanics stuff basically the story stuff informed the mechanics whereas Mm. i think you implying that the mechanics to a certain extent informed the story yeah, and in my my recent case, the mechanics helped refine it. I knew yeah. the general shape, but I, I hadn't found the niche yet that allowed them to function well for the game they were meant for. Yeah. So so that is the I think the most obvious and general reason you might make a character and how we went go about it, but. I can hear the GMs out there going, oh, but what about NPCs? Yeah, what yeah, about okay. NPCs, GMs? Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Jeez. Get off your high horse. Wait, you're going you're gonna to tell us how to do our jobs? We'll get to your NPC. We'll get to your precious NPC. Don't even... You, get, we, you just tell those GMs. You, you tell those GMs, man. You, we've told you what to do time and time again. Go forth and steal from other people. Okay? Steal it. Okay? God. Okay, here's, here's a short list thing to do. Are you coming up with characters, NPCs for a fantasy game? Watch Krull. You're done. <laughs> Watch Krull and the D&D a, movie. You have it all covered. Um, you mean D&D is like surplus at that point? You watch Krull, you've got all the basics covered. D&D, that's icing on your cake. It's been a while since I've seen Krull, so I, I made sure to throw D&D in there because sure. it does have the super interesting random background person that never does anything. Oh, I love random background people. <laughs> So, but but here's here's why I wanted to bring up NPCs here. Yeah. Because a lot of times we have this need as GMs to populate our world when the players ask, you know, oh, who else is here? Uh. <laughs> you familiar? Does that sound familiar? Am I calling you out right now? Someone asks you, "What's this guy's name?" Uh. <laughs> blacksmith. Yeah, the blacksmith. What's her name? Jamie Blacksmith. Jamie Blacksmith. I'm sorry. Married to Hector Blacksmith. Jessica the <laughs> Taylor. Jessica the Taylor. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So so it is a good idea to have a little book of NPCs. In fact, I cheat because there was my my first Kickstarter I ever backed was for NPC cards. It's just a stack of like 150 pre-made NPCs and they're not they don't have stats. They just have their name, their race, their general age category like middle, old, young and a single line about them. Like, oh, this person stands, you know, unusually tall or this person's hunched over and has a wart on their nose. Little mm-hmm. things like that. Okay. So, I can use any of that I want at any time. But if an, if a PC if I say, oh, yeah, someone comes up to you with a note, they go, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm so-and-so. Thank you for the note. You know, here, here's a coin, but why don't you tell me your name so we can find you if I need you again? I'm like, oh, I just wanted this person to give him a note and leave. Yeah. But for me, that's an opportunity at that point because the, the PCs have shown interest. So I reach over to my little deck, pull out a card, sometimes two or three if I, if I don't get one that is at least close enough to the race I'm, I was going for. Yeah. And I say, oh, the name is, oh interesting um and sometimes i'll look at it i hate the name i see but it gives me another name because <laughs> okay. it's a dumb gnome name <laughs> Oops, stop it get out of here perfect example of this is sheems sheems that's a yeah 
I don't like it. That name is it, it, extra buttery. I'm not. I I'm not I just I grabbed it. I looked at it. And I'm like, that's eh, a little kid because it was a little kid messenger. Sheens. Or no, Weems. Sorry, Weems. Weems. I'm honestly a little bit better on than Sheens. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- it was Shalita. Was Shalita. the uh, was a different name I generated. Shalita Weems. Because 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 oh. in that case, that's a like, Star Wars name, Shalita Weems. What was funny was is back to back. I had four opportunities to use this deck because. I told them they rate they had rated a mail post. Like, oh, how many how many letters are there? And I, I rolled randomly to determine how many were there, how many were taken with the person who ran away. Okay. I'm like, oh, there's four there. Oh, what are the names on them? I'm like, dang it, ask me stupid on, questions. Come on. Why so I pull out like three names, and I say, one is dressed to the governor. So that way, I could just stop yeah. giving names. And then they ran into a messenger person who was supposed to gather some of these letters, mm-hmm. and they really took to Weems, the little nine-year-old roof runner. And so, like, they're like, I'm going to seek him out because, like, he helped us a lot and we could give his family some, you know, money to continue to help us. How would you like to follow us around for a day and be our messenger? And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. To the point where they tried to take him. And, and, and That's child you, endangerment. That's I, child I, endangerment. I told them he was a little eight- or nine-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. The one guy, one player, went to his house and asked his dad if they could take him to another city with them. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't tell me this Why is what he was going to do. do. He's like, I want to find, I want to find Weems' house. I'm like, yeah, it's doable. You've made okay. enough inroads at this point. Sure. <laughs> and then he th- he says that, and I just stared at him. I'm like, See, the problem is you are not suspicious enough. <laughs> Never trust a player. You know how you can tell a player's lying. They're in your game. I this character though was never that kind of character. I was assuming he was going there to provide thanks, to give him extra money, say, hey, we'd like to see you when we come back. Any no. of that. But this this character was like, hey, uh, we're about to head off to this other city. <laughs> the implication uh, and, and the undertext there being, you know how there's a special group designed to travel between cities because it is so inherently dangerous and literally warps your mind. So you can't remember what happens out there. And sometimes people don't even return. Yeah, we'd like to take your eight or nine year old child out there with us when we head out next time. Okay. <laughs> and I was, I stared at him. I'm like, this is what the guy's doing to you. He's like, what? Just staring at me? I'm like, yeah. I said, and you can see his face getting red because you're basically you're asking politely if you can abduct his child. Can you abduct his child and take him into the most dangerous place this world knows of? <laughs> you're counting on not a really strong familial bond at that point. Yeah, you're basically hoping that he sees this kid as a burden and wants to get rid of them. Yeah, maybe not the best first impression <laughs> to make on a parent. I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to put that out there in case anyone's <laughs> thinking about it. Many, many parents are going to look at you as though you have said something offensive. I know it's a bit out there, but just trust me, it's not always going to be well received. Yeah, like if you did that to King Monkey, you'd be like, yeah, take whatever one you want. Take them all. I don't care. I've got a surplus. I've got extra. Whatever. I've got redundancies. (laughs) I I tell that whole story because in letting them use the same messenger multiple times i one didn't have to make up a bunch of other messengers for them to interact with yeah two it gave them more buy-in to the world because whenever they wanted to talk about something i could just have this kid give them some of that information or if i wanted to give them misinformation it's a kid i can have him not know the right information yeah yeah for sure kids get things wrong right and in one case i got to play up some of the inherent biases one of the characters have one of the characters very much dislikes elves and is an elf. Okay. And so they said they were going to visit such and such a tailor. And he's like, oh, the really mean one? He goes, yeah, I'd assume so because it's an elf. And he's like, but aren't you an elf? <laughs> so I got to give them a little moment to, yeah. to bond over that. And then it gave me this fun moment where they just they, they connected so well to this character that one of them wanted to abduct him. <laughs> oh, wanted his father to sign off on a death mission. Yeah, I hope that person's. I hope that person is thought about what they've done. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm and, psychologically torturing them in the next city, so we're all good. 
Good, good. <laughs> good. But yes, just because you have a background set of NPCs doesn't mean it needs to be an ever-fluctuating. You can have multiple PCs return and be used again. Now, uh, it, sort of doubling back to um, creating characters, I know uh, previously we had talked about tools for world building, mm -hmm. and we had discussed using uh, the similar kind of approach for character building. Um, so things like random generators or you, the cards that you've got or uh, name generators. And, and I have feelings about names in games. Um, <laughs> so, you know, inspiration is fine. And if you have inspiration, it's great. If you don't, do not feel hesitant or reluctant to use a, a, a random generator to just give you a starting point. You know, we've talked about before, even if you don't like the result, you've ruled something out. And mm -hmm. we've also mentioned before that when you put limits on your creativity, that can help you become more creative. You don't have the analysis paralysis of me saying, Simi, create a Star Wars character. And you're like, oh, well, that's... Captain Burke. Yeah, you've got <laughs> starship pilots, you've got smugglers, you've got Jedi, you've got trackers, you've got hackers, you've got whatever. But... It's, it, you know, you can be overwhelmed with the amount of choices that you have. Whereas if I, if I tell you, we're playing a game of former Imperial soldiers starting on Coruscant, and then you start creating a character, you've got a much narrower field to try and apply to, you know what I mean? To try and apply your creativity to. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can do the same sort of thing for yourself by hitting up a random generator and just seeing what kind of suggestions there are, see what that gives you. I would also put a caution in there. I know that we're going to talk about in a later episode how to interrelate your characters with the other player's characters. Mm -hmm. I would strongly advise against specifically trying to create a character to fill a role. Oh, yeah. Because then you are less likely to be satisfied with what you have if you are creating the characters that other people need, but not the character that you want to play. Mm -hmm. You know, Unless like, the idea is crystal clear... When you ha to fill that niche, be very careful about making a character and shoving them into the mold someone else has. Yeah, we we're looking for a healer, you know. And then if you're if you can think of something that works with that, but don't specifically set out in the beginning to create the character that fits other people's expectations, you know. Well, I think the 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 difference there would be if a, a group says, "Hey, we need a healer," versus, "Hey, you need to play a cleric." Because yep, a healer a can be a lot of different things. You can come at healing a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be magical. It doesn't have to be through clerical magic. There, yeah. Every game that I've played has multiple avenues to approach that. Yeah. But if they say, we need a cleric, suddenly you have to play this very specific type of character. And yeah, clerics have wide variety, but it's wide variety within those bounds. If you're willing to accept those limitations and try and work within them, that can be good. But make sure that the character that you come up with is one that you enjoy playing mm -hmm. or think you can grow to enjoy playing. But I kind of caution against that as well. I mean, I don't know if you've played games with either experiencing it yourself or with other players where they just can't get into their character or they don't find, you know, they don't love their character and that typically comes across in the role play. Oh, you know? it, it 100% will come across either in the way you play, in the longevity that you can put into it, Commitment. or even just in your energy. Because yeah. if you're not loving what you're doing, it's like I kind of said on my soapbox earlier, if you're not enjoying it, it's not going to come easily. So you're going to have to work really hard to pump out the things that are expected of you. And eventually you're going to be down to short posts or you're going to have the regular length posts that you want. It's just going to feel dry yeah. and you're not going to enjoy it. Other people are going to probably, they, if not they, enjoy they may it enjoy it or they may find it lacking or they may just feel like, Oh, I wish they'd gone and explored this a little more. Like you're going to miss the little touches because mm -hmm. you just want to get through the post. And that's, it's a horrible feeling and if you start feeling it, get out. Yeah, it shouldn't be work. GMing should, should be work. <laughs> but, but playing shouldn't it, be. It no, shouldn't be work that you don't want to do. Yes, that's more accurate. Especially yeah. in play-by-post, which is yeah. obviously what we cater to here. Yeah. Especially in play-by-post, 
there is an element of work involved with engaging with the game. Yeah, it's not like you're getting together to socialize with friends and play uh, in a you know a, a, a setting like in a living room where you're talking together and you're able to chit chat in between to to sort of fill in the gaps. It, it mm. much more heavily relies on the the work that you put into it. Yeah, well, and and you know, speaking of communication, I, I can give a very recent example where we hit a, a very tense situation. I was I just happened to be the first one to respond, and my character had very clear ideas of how things should go. So he gave orders to the other char- other players. Right. So I I wrote out the post, I put it up, and then I hopped over to the out of character thread and said, "I know my character just told everyone what they must do. That is my character." You are still players. I, as the other player, respect your ability to make your own choices. Yeah. Please don't feel like you have to go any of those directions. I just knew knew my character would react in this way. Yeah. No, that's for sure. That's the sort of thing that you can get th- get across with uh, tone and choice of words in person or body language, but right um, in the other in the PvP setting, it has to be a bit more um, a bit more clear. But yeah, so so making a character that you enjoy, making NPCs yeah. that you don't have to custom make for every situation, reusing your NPCs, and keeping yeah. maybe a, a gallery and the tools to generate or to pull out when you need are all important aspects of this thing. And I think we've kind of been all over the place on this how and why, and we'll get even more all over the place as we continue to go through it. Deal with it. Boom. Any other thoughts in this first installment of a four-part series that is definitely highly plotted out? Since we're talking about character creation at the most basic level at this point, I want to talk about names, choosing names. And I realize that uh, I've seen it with a lot of people seem to have everything laid out before they pick a name. You'll have the mechanics all sussed out. The entire the character's entire lifelong history, eighteen pages of history, but still don't have a name chosen. And I find that a lot of people, not everyone, of course, a lot of people put a lot of stress on finding the perfect name for their character. I'm one of those people, by the way. I find it's just like we've talked about world building being too precious. In your in real life, there's a good chance you didn't pick your name. Names are not always especially meaningful and i think that when everyone's when i say everyone i'm generalizing when your character has to have the perfect name i think that's a bit that's a bit too specific that's a bit too much pressure on you honestly the character can have a very simple basic name and you know what i mean like i think that they're using a random generator can be fine and honestly don't be precious about the name the name is not the part of the character that is going to be memorable. It's going to be the actions that make the character memorable to you and to other players. And I think that if you're having a hard time with the name, take shortcuts. You know? I, I highly recommend, if you're struggling with the name, to just flip over to a random generator every oh. time. Or what? Yeah. Even if you don't, I, I mean, even if you don't find the name, you may find something that sounds similar. Oh, I like that all sound. I want. Let's see if I can find another all all, and then kind of click through other names and yeah. use some of their sounds oh, and see. Okay, does that work? Because for me, a lot of times I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is a J name, and so I'm looking through. I click until I find a J name. Like oh, I hate that. I click through. Oh, I hate that one. And so eventually, I'll end up flipping to another generator, flipping to another generator, and trying different things. Because I, mm-hmm. I want the name. To fit the character. And I generally do exactly what King Monkey said. I I have the whole character laid out before I have the name almost every time. It's rare for me to have a name yeah. before I get all the way through character creation. But it's it's being able to cobble that name together after mm-hmm. the fact. Yeah. But honestly, it's just one of my... It's, it's pretty minor in the grand scheme of things. It's just one of my pet peeves. Name your... Just pick a name. Honestly, just pick a name. It doesn't have to be special. I think the more effort you put into becoming a special name for your for an evil wizard, you know, it's usually I find that when people put a tremendous amount of effort into it, it feels overworked, you know? And it's yeah. just mine. Like it, if you're playing an evil wizard or you come up with an evil wizard and you're like, what's the, the character's name is Gormakan Kral. 
Come on, man. Just remember, the greatest evil wizard of all time was named Tim. Tim. (laughs) No, sorry, sorry. Tim? Tim. Oh, he he wasn't specifically evil. He was an enchanter. His powers were awesome, to be sure, but he did help guide the party past the, the, the beast. No, no, he was definitely evil. Enchanters are evil. You think he specifically led them there for to kill them? Also, wasn't he in all black? I mean, come on. And he had goat horns on his... his yeah, uh, I mean, come on! Evil! Yeah. <laughs> he probably enchanted the bunny to attack them. It's not unreasonable. I mean, he might have, yeah. <laughs> the beast but, yes, of Karabadok! You, you can definitely... You definitely gotta walk the line between... Finding a name that you feel fits and being too precious and driving yourself insane being unable to find any name. Because if you can find nothing that you're at least okay with, then you're you're, you're being yeah. way too particular. Particular, yes. I was going to say specific, yeah. but I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, and, and again, it's fairly minor, but just a reminder, it will be the character themselves that becomes memorable not the name of the character. The name is just how you remember the memorable character. You know what I mean? And, and also, while we're here on names, be careful going to fantasy or to cyber tech with your name. And you probably know exactly what I mean when I say that. When I say to fantasy, I'm talking lots of vowels just shoved together with apostrophes randomly here and there. Oh, so many apostrophes. It's crazy. You, you, don't, you don't need apostrophes in every name. In fact, use them sparingly unless it's a cultural thing that you're mirror- mirroring. You don't need to, to, to over-apostrophize. Yeah, because keep in mind, people are going to need to type that out on the regular, and maybe they don't feel like typing your 18-character name that's half punctuation. You know, Taking pronunciation and how easy a word is to say into account, I think is is good for names especially, because... If you're like me, and you have that inner monologue running as you read and write things, if a name is hard to say, you just start substituting something else in there. If I get to Ra'ankanafahula, I might start calling him Ronnie in my head. And so eventually, I can't even talk to that player about their characters. I'm like, tell me about uh, Ronnie. Ronnie, yeah. (laughs) Or like, like I have have my two players, their character's name are Jathal and Hasak. And they they just kind of independently came to these similarly basic kind of names. Yeah. And, but, but I have trouble remembering them. So I call them Hassy and I call them Jaffy. (laughs) Hassy and Jaffy. (laughs) Yeah. Or Yaffle. Like, so, so they're not even, and and that's more because I'm the GM, I'm running all the other things. So I don't pause too much to consider what their actual names are, especially because if I really want, I can look them up on my screen at any point. But when other players have trouble referring to your character as their name, that is an issue because it creates a hiccup in their process. So be careful. Yeah, for sure. If you're going to have a complicated or weird name, maybe have a common nickname that people call them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Except the fact that the world is not going to always call them by this. And don't do that. Don't do that really particular and irritating thing that some players do. And I, I may have done it before myself. Where you say, and they refuse to accept to be called anything oh, other than yeah. their full name. No, oh, knock it off. Nope. Knock it off. I, and and I will apologize to anyone if I did that to you. I'm I'm sure I did at some point. I am sorry. That is a horrible thing to do to people. Yeah, actually, when you mentioned uh, having a nickname, uh, it just reminds me of listening to the um, most recent season of uh, Vast Horizon, the podcast, um, science fiction uh, storytelling. And they've got this alien character that they just called Sinan. And it's only later on that they reveal that the Trenin's full name is Ansanan Anru. And all of them have these long names, but they always shorten them down to one or two syllables when they're dealing with uh, most human cultures. You know, it, it, yeah. If you're going to specifically go set out to create a long name, then have a, have a shortcut for the players. Actually, I remember playing a second edition game where because it was specifically comedy themed, uh, I mentioned that elf, elven names have no fewer than 14 syllables. But, of course, they always, you know, when they're dealing with humans who just don't have the patience for that, 
or short lived races who don't have the patience, they're used to people shortening their names. It's just, but you know, there I was specifically setting out to poke fun of the of the trope, right? Right. You say vast horizons. Vast horizons, uh, fool or is it vast horizon? Fool and scholar. Yeah, really okay. good. I just I, I I always look keeping on the lookout for podcasts I might enjoy because I burn through them very quickly. Uh, if you like if you like horror, I would also suggest their White Vault series. The White Vault is pretty creepy and pretty cool. Why does it gotta be a White Vault? Uh, because it's all about the Ar- Arctic. First one's in Svalbard um, uh, in wintertime. The other one is up in the um, high in the mountains in South America. Uh, so it's specifically to do with snow, and I don't know why yet. That's not been revealed. Cool. That's why the White if, Vault. If, if you like horror and you haven't heard them yet, uh, I listened to Unwell. I've heard the they name. Do, they've done two seasons. Okay. And they're getting ready to start their third at the beginning of the new year. Okay. Got slowed down because of COVID, obviously. Which is in the past and thankfully no longer an issue. They are a Midwestern Gothic horror. Cool. Yeah. Right. It's 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 a slow burn type thing, but I I've very much enjoyed it, honestly. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. I'm like out. like it was it, yeah, it was very s- slow. I kept thinking like, is anything going to happen? And then all of a sudden, like, because you get these, I mean, because it's it's a it's a horror thing, so it's mm-hmm. kind of slowly things will happen. Yeah, little thing here or there. Hey, did did you see? Okay, I must have been dreaming. <laughs> That's the then, best like, one. It keeps going and going. And you're like, oh yeah. Well, yeah, cause... get him. The best horror is not jump scares. The best horror is something that creeps under your skin and slowly gets to you. You know? Makes you paranoid or suspicious. That's the best kind of horror. Oh, you know what else I haven't... I've, I've neglected to bring up in all these times that I promised I would at some point? What at? <laughs> there was a resurgence of interest in the book club on the site. Okay, RPGX yeah. book club. Book club! And... I, I haven't participated in it because I'm too disconnected from reality to, to actually do something like that, but... Reality these days is worth disconnecting from from time to time. Exactly. But what they are trying to do is they are reading a book over the course of six weeks and then discussing it for two, I think, on the site. They have their, they have a nomination section where they nominate books for, I think, two months out is what they're doing, maybe one month out certain number of weeks. It's all set up on the site. If you go down to... Okay, I'm, I'm in the book club now. i got to back out so I can find out where you go. Back out of the book club! It was you a trap! No, all the way down to the trap. bottom, where our favorite place, the general discussion thread is, which I haven't been to in a while. And all the way at the bottom of that section, there's the library. And at the end of that section, you have RPGX Book Club. But yeah, I just wanted to take a second. I, I keep... I've actually thought of it the last... Two times we recorded and thought, okay, yeah, once we hit the end of this section, I'll make sure I mention it. Now that we have extensively covered part one in our character series, (laughs) it's time for Adventure Assemble! Hacking the cyber With the elves that I met in community college Hacking the cyber We're looking for a life of corporate knowledge The shadows are running Is it me or is it cyber troll sexy? Shadows are running Let's run adventure assemble Now, I have to ask an important question. <laughs> yeah, you can ask. Was that pre-written? Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I was, I was, I was yeah. worried I was going to have to really <laughs> praise you for a second. Oh, there. no, 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 no. <laughs> that was literally 10 minutes of effort a couple hours before we started recording. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is pretty good. Nope. Oh, no. I'm going to have to and give him praise. That's, oh, no. He, he and that's all you're going to get, too. That's all you're going to get. Because remember before I said, what would happen if I accident, if I actually accidentally, if I accidentally pre-planned something? <laughs> yeah. And then I thought. I mean, yeah. accidentally kind of works, right? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, okay, you know what? For once, for once, I and will. And you wasted it on a Shadowrun-esque oh, adventure yeah. symbol? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel dirty just listening to you. My ears feel dirty. I, I, the only thing that I would have done differently if I put any real degree of effort is I probably would have come up with something better than Shadows are Runny. Yeah. But, I mean, am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, I don't think I am. All right, so why don't you pull out your dice? My actual, real-life, for sure, tangible dice that are absolutely a thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Yeah, I will yeah. pull out those actual... Real? I don't know why you're questioning it. Dice. Yes. How would you like I me wasn't to roll? questioning anything. I just want you to roll 2d6 for me. I got a 1 and a 2. I got a 1 and a 2. Okay. So that's Wetlands Scrub, which you've had before. Yeah, we don't want no scrub. But if I reverse it, that's Plains and Barren, which we've also, I think, had before. Hmm. Hmm. What if we add those two together, we call the first one a three, and then I roll another 2d6. Boom. Done. Three and six. Three and six. So that's broken cracks. Broken. <laughs> okay. We're back in the and broken lands. Six is wild card or settled. Um, hmm. Can I make a little bit of a suggestion? I mean, you can. Uh, I don't have to accept it, but go ahead. Can we do a bit of a time jump? Maybe this, this is... The broke we returned to the broken lands sometime in the future. At this point, they started building up around the broken lands. Okay, maybe they, like on the edge of it. Yeah, on the edge like, of it, and where you have like wide cracks, but everything's still connected. Yeah, because because in the heart of the broken land area, it's kind of free floating platforms of earth. Yeah. Okay. And th this is all now starting to be explored and researched and cataloged by a number of cultures from all sides. Okay. You can't keep this thing secret for long. Right, So yeah. now this is sometime in the future. They've actually managed to build up small towns and research outposts and trading outposts and the beginnings of fully formed civilization, uh, multicultural, all around the Broken Lands. Because, I mean, you'd have researchers of, of all kinds. You know, you'd have magical researchers. You'd have miners, now that the crust of the ground is exposed. You know, you'd have druids there, of course, with their bonsai trees on their back, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so, so since wizards we and wetlands initially, I think our part of this adventure is going to take place because we talked about this hole being not too far away from the broken lands and the poison swamp, right? Yeah. And so, we're if gonna we're heading to, back, to we're going to have to develop a map eventually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. I keep hoping one day that someone will send me a message on site saying, "Hey, I'd love to draw your map for you." Like, yes! Sold. Yep. You got <laughs> <Sold>. the job. <laughs> I love it. We we had hoped Craig would do it. I will double the amount I'm paying you right now. Boom. To do it. That's a 100% <laughs> raise, Mister. So I think this, because we talked about how the broken lands is what kind of keeps the poison marsh from overflowing. And so I think we are, our, our, our adventure is going to take place in that area around the broken lands where the poison marsh is kind of draining into this area. Okay. All right. So that's so where we're, we still, cause I like to, I like to honor the fact that we did roll certain things. Mm -hmm. I just may not always like it. So I need more to, develop it and you gave me what i needed to get there perfect all right all right i need another 2d6 to get our our unique thing landmark about the area 2d6 rolling actual dice oh you know what two and one <laughs> hope it's a different chart <laughs> otherwise it's just extra wet and extra broken <laughs> no it's definitely a different one Good. But this is defensible area. Natural area, ruins, or structure. Ruins or structure. Natural area, defensible. Okay, well, you've got to imagine if they've got caravans to, to serve these trading stations and the researchers and all the... It's basically a, like a, a gold rush, right? Mm -hmm. Of sorts. So you've got an incredible increase in traffic. And that's going to mean you've got raiders or bandits or gangs or some element of criminality or ne'er-do-wellerism. Mm -hmm. And 
So some of them might have, some of these people might have started to set up their research outposts or their camps or their logging sites on chunks of the broken land. So that they've got to work their way in. Yeah, like a moat. It basically creates a defensible, defensible area for these outermost places to, you know, at least be alert, watch for uh, raiders coming from the plains or from the wetlands. Yeah. And I'm going to add to that, that in addition to that, because of the spot we're in, and we did talk about how there is lava down below, far below, there is a light fog in the area at all times. Right, because the wetlands are slowly seeping in there, but it's not enough to extinguish the lava. So you've basically got a rolling fog at all times. I think essentially what we had to that direction is it used to be not like a a marshy type area, but almost maybe like a very shallow lake. Okay. When When the land was broken, it created these paths. So there's still water over there, but... It, it keeps so it at a lower level. Yeah. So we yeah. had kind of like a, a bowl-shaped area, which is now the poison marsh. Yeah. Maybe they've cleared out one half of the bowl to build their city that we talked about over there. Maybe they just had a raised area. And now on our the other side, you have kind of this ridge, which made a nice – if you're on top of the ridge, you're above this fog effect. Yeah. And so that might be where some of the research stations are. But then they're like, well, but we need to get closer because we're not getting what we need. So they move out to one of these floating platforms yeah. where they are at least within the fog at that area. Yeah, I like that. A little research station slowly creeping in. Why aren't they moving further in? Let's see if our... I bet you I know why, but let's see what we roll. Yeah, well, come on, PDF. Who's PDF? Is that Craig's replacement? Swamp or Low Hills... Or grassland, unorganized inhuman town, specials. I figured this would be, yeah, like you're going to have a number of these places all around the Broken Lands now. As the various nations on the borders or, you know, in the immediate area will be sending their people to try and figure out whatever they can, be it arcanists or merchants to figure out what's going on. But you also have to wonder, what about the satellite in the center? Yeah, oh, definitely. Is it still active? Is it common knowledge, or is that being guarded probably by those darned elves? Did one of our our moving powerful bodies manage to secure it? Or is there some internal defense that it, it, it reacted to when people tried to penetrate it, and that's why people can't move closer? Maybe, yeah. Because remember, it had formed that sort of uh, structured ring of mechanisms or machinery that no one can identify its function or even how it works because the technology is too alien. Let's do unorganized inhuman town encounter. So like these are kind of like little shanty towns, little, little spots of civilization. And so naturally it's not all working together yet. Lots of people are trying to see who the first one can get it. And so it's like you said, it's a it's a ripe target, because despite us being further in the future, the, this is a relatively new operation. Yeah. As a whole, obviously some of them have been there longer than others. So mm-hmm. roll me a d twenty, and please don't roll one of the three numbers you can roll to move us to another chart. Like eighteen. That will not move us to another chart. Yes. Oh, right. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Victory. <laughs> flawless victory <laughs> so flawless. here's what it says and then i'll read the the actual text we need to worry about <laughs> all right no band no band <gasps> attack much like kobolds comma above <laughs> Knolls attack much like kobolds do they so kobold band which is number nine they attack with missiles first and then run at first sign of trouble but obviously we're not beholden any of that. Null band is what we needed. So give me what you had. You had an idea, obviously, when I said null band. No, it just reminded me we had that one Noel, um, the uh, cookie chef who fell in with the wizard. Oh yeah, your 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 character, right? Who is now dead? Um, 
but haunting the wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had had the thought that so. he's probably here as well. Well, I'm yeah, so I'm, now... I'm assuming, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but now what you've got is a band of gnolls who are set out to find their fallen sister. They know that she's dead because of gnoll plot magic, and they've come to find her. Well, and because she was on a pilgrimage to find the, the best cookie. recipe. Yeah, yeah the, the perfect, perfect cookies. cookies. And never return from this. We're saying this is in the future. So yeah, they're they're sending people out to try and find where she went. Because if there's one thing we all know about gnolls, they take their cookies seriously. And if, if it's not all gnolls in our world, it's at least this group yeah. of them. Yeah, for sure. It could be all of them, but I, I don't, don't want to generalize. We, I haven't we met like all to, gnolls. Yeah. We don't want to assign every knoll to a stereotype just because that's the first one we ran into. We've even specified that not all elves are evil. So, you know, we're good people. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> we're not racist against gnolls. asking about it. Making right. a lot of presumptions oh, about us. I have been signed out of the thing I was actively using. Awesome. Oh. I guess you are done. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're going to go off and, and beat Craig until he submits and starts doing his job again. So, I think that's it then, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I think we're good. we done. We done. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Craig. Craig. <laughs> Is that you? Dang it, Craig. Come on, man. Get out.